Hey everyone, Jeremy L. Jones here, author of Ruins of Empire. So back in May, I mentioned we'd be starting the big release campaign of Templum Venerous in about a month. Well, it's been over a month, and I'm proud to say we're working on it. We're, we're still working on it. It's going to be a little bit later than I originally anticipated. Um, a little bit harder than I originally anticipated, but it is coming. And the best way to keep up to date, make sure you don't miss your chance to snag a copy of Templum Venerous, the next book of the Ruins of Empire series, before anybody else is to follow this podcast feed. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Ruins of Empire. Or, best of all, go to ruinsofempirebook.com and sign up for the newsletter. Besides getting the latest on the new release of the Ruins of Empire series, you'll get access to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. But in the meantime, we continue our series of short stories called The Darkness of Titan. Last month, we started the story of Lionel, a mysterious figure who spoke against the power of the Houston in the refineries and then disappeared along with hundreds of workers. If you missed the first part, be sure to check your podcast feed to make sure you're all caught up. Otherwise, please enjoy the fifth story of The Darkness of Titan, Lionel, Part 2. From the official report of Head Officer Elias Crispin. No matter how many times we count, we're over 500 short. Every time I report this to the administrator, he flies into a rage and demands that we count again. So we count again and return with the same number. We have no good explanation for what happened, but there are things that we do know. Just before the end of the second shift, there was an explosion in Sector 5C. Nobody was killed, although a few were injured. I sent several teams to investigate. Once a satisfactory assessment of the situation was completed, along with damage reports and work orders, I ordered my guards to return to their posts. The third shift had already begun by this point, and reports quickly began pouring in about the missing workers all over the refinery. They were not confined to any particular sector, work group, or even shift level. Workers from all parts of the refinery just disappeared. My best guess is that Lionel used the explosion to sneak several hundred workers out of the refineries. It is unclear at this time how he managed to do this in less than an hour. That is, unless Lionel himself somehow contributed to the explosion, but that seems unlikely. There was no explosive device used and no evidence of sabotage. It was, by all accounts, a mistake in master control. Perhaps Lionel just saw an opportunity and took it. Or maybe he speaks the truth. Maybe the company whose power is with him. From the personal files of Hari Shuruk. I don't know why I did it. Maybe listening to Lionel speak on my way to work let me believe that there was still some hope that my fellow Perfenduloi wouldn't be punished forever for things our parents and grandparents did. Maybe I did it so that my children would never have to see these refineries. Maybe I did it to prevent one more terrible atrocity in this place. I watched Lionel on the screens. He went from bunkhouse to bunkhouse and worksite to worksite. Everywhere he went, more people joined him. It was like watching the first rocks tumble down the mountain before a mudslide. Soon there were hundreds, and they were walking toward one of the exits like there was nobody that could stop them. But there were. I don't know what would happen when the mob reached the guard post, but it would be bloody. The images of the guards beating Lionel the first couple of times he tried to speak flashed in my head, and I realized he would kill him this time. Not just him, but many that had followed him. 
The Houston the administrator might be willing to let one crazy man have his time to speak his mind. They would never allow a revolt. It was so easy to forget to vent the tank in Sector 5C. There were very few workers there at the time, and a tank rupture wasn't likely to hurt anyone. The sound would shake the ground and draw guards from every corner of the refineries. I was reprimanded and given five blows on the pillar, but I was allowed to keep my position and master control. Part of me hopes that this will be the last I ever see of Lionel. Yet another part not only hopes that I see him again, but knows that I will. From the personal files of Refinery Administrator Brash Dusht. The agitator Lionel is gone. From a professional standpoint, I am glad. While his speeches may have raised morale and productivity in the short term, it was only a matter of time before the angry crowds acted on his words. I could placate my overseers for the time being by showing them the increase in worker productivity, but if something dangerous happened, it would have been a disaster. It's going to be hard enough explaining how a third of our workforce just disappeared, but at least he is gone, and that will be the end of it. If a real rebellion had exploded, I would have been forced to act and act harshly. And the truth is, I didn't want to. The man moves and speaks with a fearlessness that I've never seen, even from the Houston himself. It's as if he knows that the Compania is really on his side. Maybe it is. I have to admit that I have felt something inside myself that I've never felt at any of the Houston speeches. I feel like he knows our ugly little secret and is not afraid to expose us for the liars and pretenders that we really are. I can't believe I'm even writing these words, even in a personal log. If anyone were to find them and tell the Houston, maybe that's the point. The Houston needs to control everything to keep the truth from getting out, but Lionel, he is the truth. The ugly, beautiful truth. I hope I never see him again. From the personal diary of Dimitri Paris. After five days, Lionel returned to us. Like the first time, he just materialized inside the refineries as if he'd never left. It was yet another miracle. Proof that the words he spoke were true and that he and the Compania would deliver us all from the Houston and his slavers. We must only have faith. The day I saw him return, he was delivering water. He poured me a drink. He gave me his slightest of smiles. I knew my time would come to join the others he rescued. Maybe not today. Maybe not even the next time, but soon. So I drank the water and thanked him. He moved on, and I resolved to keep my faith until the very end. From the official reports of Head Officer Elias Crispin. Administrator Dush has asked me why I dared let the agitator back in the refineries. The truth is, I was following all the procedures as laid out by the administrator and the Houston. When he approached, the other guards on duty called for me and asked how to proceed. Protocol says that as guard officers, it is our duty to prevent unauthorized personnel from leaving their work area. The agitator had not been assigned to one during the last shift. Furthermore, since he was not, in fact, attempting to leave the refinery, I found no reason to intervene on this point. Special Directive C asks all people who love Titan and love the Houston to seek out any perfunduloi that escaped. Letting this man return to work, therefore, seemed the only right and proper thing to do. I have been informed that this was counterproductive to our overall goal. I claim that as a simple perfunduloi, whose small mind cannot grasp the complexity of the Houston's grand design, I should not be asked to make such distinctions. My job is to follow the rules as laid out for me. That is what I have done. 
from the personal files of Hari Sharuk. I sent Lionel to Sector B today. I saw him once again as I walked to my workstation at his usual spot on top of the crate. He was speaking about how the Companio helped him and the others escape, and soon the rest would be free. I had to laugh and wondered if somehow the Companio had worked through me. He continued to talk about the special place in the forest where our people could be free forever, that Companio had guided him there and that the Houston would never find us. All the while, the guards stood to the side and let him speak. After a certain amount of time, as usual, they stepped up to lead him away. But they didn't pull him back to his normal duties. I went to my workstation and watched the cameras. I understood immediately what they were planning. Sector B. Due to some early mismanagement, along with poor maintenance, Sector B is a death trap. Nearly a worker is killed every day trying to work in that awful place. To speak the truth, I believe the administrator keeps it dangerous for a reason. It's a useful way to make annoying little problems go away. Older workers who move too slow, perfendulai rebels who get the urge to sabotage, or the occasional man who speaks uncomfortable truths get taken away where they are likely to meet with an accident. The thing is, I can make it safer. With a few calculations, along with some help from other sectors, we can keep Sector B from being heavily used and give the workers, and Lionel, time to make the repairs. I haven't done it up till now because, well, I wasn't ordered to. Once again, it is almost as if I can feel Companio working through me. From the Administrator Logbooks of Brash Dusht, November 20th, 42AH, Second Cycle. As requested by the overseers, the agitator has been moved to Sector B. While it would be against regulation to purposely put him in harm's way, I have also been instructed not to interfere if something should happen. It is clear that the overseers intend to remove the problem in the easiest way possible. Though I disagree with this method, I doubt I have any choice. The Houston himself is threatened by this agitator. I will do my duty to make sure that the overseer's orders are carried out. From the personal diary of Dimitri Paris, When I found out that Lionel was assigned to Sector B, I made sure I was assigned there as well. It was no great feat. The rest of the Perfendulae do everything in our power to avoid that place. But for Lionel, I would die. There are others who requested a transfer as well. We knew our job, and we understood it. The guards told Lionel to guide a new tank they were lowering into position. One of us, a woman by the name of Swathi, volunteered instead. When one of the ropes broke, the tank crushed her leg. She will lose it, but no doubt she will see freedom soon. Lionel was ordered to repair a leaking steam pipe. A man named Christopher took his place. He lost an eye when the pipe burst and sprayed his face with scalding hot liquid. I envy him. His sacrifice guarantees him a place by Lionel's side. We moved like a chess game. Every time the guards tried to put Lionel, our king, into check, our pieces moved to sacrifice. But unlike a chessboard, our pieces numbered in the hundreds, and if they killed us all, they would still lose the game. Lionel taught us that they need slaves more than we need them. So more died every day to keep him safe until, one day, he was gone. From the personal diary of Head Officer Elias Crispin. I have never seen anything like it. I was sending guard with a few others at the east entrance when at least a hundred Perfenduloi marched down the main path. They seemed to emerge from the steam and fog like an army marching confidently into battle. Leading them was the agitator, Lionel. He walked in front with his blonde hair and his eyes staring down at me like a snake, waiting for me to take the wrong step. My men standing nearby looked at me and waited for orders. 
It was clear what they expected and what had to be done. It was also clear that they would sooner stop a starship by standing on the landing pad than stand in front of Lionel and his people. Our people. While the rest of my guards stood nervously to the side, I stepped forward and pulled my club from my belt. Lionel's eyes met mine, and I remembered some words he spoke standing in front of the crowd. The Houston enslaves us. He forces us to do his bidding and claims that it is the command of the Compañillo, but the Compañillo wants its people to be free. They want you, their most loyal servants, to turn away from this wretched world and prepare yourself for the journey back to Earth. As Lionel approached, I held out my club and dropped it. It bounced off the concrete floor with a loud clang. As hundreds marched by, Lionel took me by the hand and smiled. We were prisoners as well, tasked with the duty of keeping our own people in chains. But we were free now. One by one, my guards joined the line of workers, already disappearing into the mists beyond the wall. From the personal files of Harry Shrook. In this time, in this place, one hesitates to use the word miracle. It conjures up tales and memories of ancient times when we lack basic understanding of nature. Maybe someday our understanding of the human mind and spirit will be sufficient to explain these events on Titan. But the only word I have for it right now is miracle. Hundreds more just disappeared along with a whole division of guards. The administrator is running around this place in a panic. Even the overseers are arriving to try and understand exactly what happened. The truth is, they never will. Maybe the man Lionel wasn't just some crazy person ranting on top of a box. Maybe the Compañillo did choose him. Maybe the Houston is an abomination. Maybe next time I'll get to go home with the rest of my people. From the Administrator Logbooks of Brash Dush, December 2nd, 42 AH, 2nd Cycle. The overseers keep telling me that it is impossible that several hundred prisoners couldn't just leave without a fight. They have not heard Lionel's words. I am to inform them if he returns. In the meantime, it appears my punishment is to try and keep the refineries operating with less than a third of the required people. From the personal diary of Dimitri Paris. I never once questioned whether or not he would return, for my spirit was pure. My heart was faithful, but he would not leave me or the others behind. We had some purpose there before he could take us. The work was harder than ever in those dark times. The administrator brought the Houston soldiers to watch over us, since most of the guards disappeared with Lionel. They did not hesitate with the rod or the chain. They would beat a man who has done nothing except work too slow for the soldiers' liking. Weeks went by, but my faith never wavered once, for I knew that my time would come. Power of the Compañillo could not be blocked by one man, not even the Houston. And then, one day, he was there, speaking to the crowd as if he'd never left. And I knew that my time had come. But in the time of greatest hope and joy, the most evil works are done. From the personal files of Harish Rook. There was a crack like the air itself splintering apart, and Lionel flew backward off his crate in mid-sentence. He fell back against the wall of pipes and slumped down, leaving a trail of blood as he did. Those of us watching couldn't move or speak. It just didn't seem real. It shouldn't have surprised us that the administrator in the Houston would stop this. Every time he stepped onto his box and began his sermons, he was stepping into the line of fire. Today someone finally pulled the trigger. 
Perhaps we had fooled ourselves into believing in something that couldn't possibly exist. Maybe Lionel was really just a man who gave us a reason to believe. From the Administrator Logbooks of Brash Dush, December 3rd, 42 AH, Second Cycle. The Agitator is dead. I do not know where the order to eliminate him came from. I want the record to show that I did not order his death. I also wish the record to show that I believe Lionel spoke the truth, and that it was a truth so dangerous to the Houston's power that he couldn't bear it any longer. Even as I write this, another mob amasses in the refinery, and they are marching toward the exit and freedom. This will be my last dispatch, as I am leaving my post to join them. From the personal diary of Dimitri Paris. And I stood up. My hands and clothing were soaked with the blood of the man who had come to save us. All around me, fellow Perfendule wept over the body of Lionel, but I did not. I understood the truth at that moment. Companio sent a man to show us the way to freedom, but we would have to make the journey ourselves. That is why they allowed this tragedy. I stood where our leader had only moments before and cried out, Lionel is dead, but his words remain. If you believe that the Companio wishes you to be a slave, then remain here. If you fear the Houston and his soldiers, remain here. If you doubt for even a moment that we deserve to be free, remain here. Otherwise, come with me. The truth is, I did not know the way, but I knew Lionel would show me. As I walked out of that place, every Perfin Duloy followed. The Houston soldiers could no more stop us than they could move the ringed planet in the sky. They could not slow us down any more than the wind can topple a mountain. There were too many of us, and now we are free. You've been listening to The Ruins of Empire, The Darkness of Titan, a special release from The Ruins of Empire Project. The Ruins of Empire podcast was written by Jeremy L. Jones and produced by Sean Vincent. Cover art was by Nick Martin. Music was Wounds by Ketza at ketzamusic.com. Licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 license. City of Geeks. Independent new media. Produced in Idaho.